I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm here with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson, and I know she has a guest today. Welcome, Vicki. Hi, Patty. So good to be back. And yes, I do have a guest today. This is Sarah, and Sarah uh, got in touch with me through my fraud hotline. I've given the number many times to our listeners. And she had such an interesting and kind of strange story involving a house rental that I asked Sarah to come on the show and share it with us. So just a little bit of background here. Sarah lives out of the area, but she has a house here in Santa Barbara County that she rents. As it turned out, she was renting her home, but something very strange happened. So welcome, Sarah, and tell us, first of all, how you normally rent your home and how you decided to rent your home this time, because I have a feeling that this is what created the opportunity for a fraudster to appear. So tell us what happened. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, well, you're right. I went through a property manager because of the pandemic. Usually I rent a home myself, and we've been very successful. And I've used to sign, and it's been very popular, and I've had some wonderful renters. But at this time, because of the pandemic, I decided to hire a property manager. And I was notified by my neighbors, a gardener, was frantically looking for the owner of my home. He said that the scammer notified him by text and said, I am the homeowner. I am out of this country or out of the area, and I will be back at the end of the month. I would like for you to cut down the tree out front. And it was a 35, 40-year-old magnolia. So, you know, they're slow growers, so it was a very prized, beautiful tree. The gardener said, are you sure you want to cut this down? And the guy said, yes, I want it cut down. I want it cut down to the ground, and I want it hauled off. So they agreed on the amount of $300. And this is all on text, which Jesse had sent me all the texts that he had been exchanging with this Peter guy. So they agreed to $300, and they decided a cashier's check would work. The cashier's check was sent to Jesse in his name for $550. And then the scammer asked for him to send him back the difference. And so he wanted him to send the 250 back to him. And I believe that's, you know, you think 250 is not a lot of money, but if you scam enough gardeners, it adds up. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure, for the gardener, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I spoke to him. The light bulb went out. He said, oh, my God, I've been scammed. And I said, I think you have because I would never cut that tree down. I believe because of the situation of the pandemic, people are being vulnerable, obviously. And they're, I believe they're targeting a vulnerable population, which is the gardeners. Yeah. A lot of times they take cash and there's no trails. Wow, this is so a new I, scam we haven't heard of before, Vicki. And so they find somebody with a beautiful tree, too. I know. Oh, I know. I, I know. You must be sick that that tree got Yeah, I am. Yeah, my parents have passed and my mom planted it and it's a beautiful tree. My neighbors loved it so much that she did a watercolor, but interestingly, it left last oh. month. So. Oh, it's hard to even fathom how they picked your property 
and knew that there was a tree there and then contacted some random gardener? I mean, or was this somebody that worked in the neighborhood or how did they even find this gardener? The gardener's father evidently lives a couple of streets over, but he contacted him most likely wherever he advertises his business. I asked Jesse, the gardener, do you work for yourself? Do you work for somebody else? He says, no, I have my own business. I believe that my property manager put it online, and that's how they were able to get it. She also said that she put it on Craigslist, which I didn't want her to do. And once you're on those public sites, you're free game, I believe. And yeah. so, unfortunately, that was our luck during this, this time that it's just not good for anybody. So, poor Jesse, the gardener, lost $250. Well, which... He said more than that because he has to pay his helpers. Oh. Right. And then he also hauled the tree off and had it shipped and oh. destroyed. You know, I knew right away he wasn't involved because he never asked me for money. He was upset about it. I did call the sheriff right away, and they referred me to several different places and then gave me your number as well. Yeah, and that's how you came to me, and I'm glad that you did end up with me because this is something that we need to get the word out. Now, this is a very typical scam in that... You contract with somebody to do something or you offer to buy something on Craigslist, let's say, or you're selling something on Craigslist and it's listed for a certain price and the buyer sends you more money than the listed price and then immediately contacts you and says, oh, you know what, I accidentally sent you too much money because you return the extra money to me. And most people will do that without thinking about it. In the meanwhile, the check that they sent you, for example, this $550 check that was sent to Jesse, is not a good check. It can't be cashed. And so the victim sends back the, quote, difference between the asking price and the amount of money that the scammer sent. And, of course, they're out whatever that difference was. In this case, it was $250, and the $550 check is no good. It comes back to the bank unable to cash. So it's a scam that's been around for a long time, but boy, this take on it, this is a new twist. I mean, Mm -hmm. calling and claiming to be the owner of a piece of property and then contracting with a gardener to come and do some work on the property, the work is accomplished, and then the check gets sent for over the asking price, and then the scam proceeds. They put a picture of the tree on the text, and it looked like the person was driving by in the car. We tried to figure it out if it was a Google picture or a Zoom Mm -hmm. picture. It wasn't. It looked like somebody was driving past on the street. So Sarah is also a victim losing her beautiful tree. That's terrible, but... How interesting that somebody was probably driving by because that means there's a local contact somewhere. That's my thought. And was this a picture that Jesse was able to show you to say this is the property? Yeah, okay. Yes. So this was the picture that was given to Jesse. Right. And where did he end up sending the check, the return Um, check? he He never returned it. It was a cashier's check and it wasn't good. He told the scammer to resend the money. He didn't. So Jesse never sent the $250 that was supposedly the difference between the cashier's check. No. Okay. So he wasn't out that amount of money. He was out his labor and what he paid his helpers. He was a very articulate person, and I think the scammer picked the wrong gardener that day. 
And Jesse and I discussed this, that, you know, they're targeting a vulnerable population. Well, I'm very sorry that you lost your tree. I think it's interesting that you've always had good success before just by being present on the property and putting a sign out front and not doing any kind of other advertising. No, I never did for that reason. I just wanted to be careful who came over. and Uh But because of the pandemic, I needed a third party to help me. Yeah. And, you know, it's always risky. We've talked about Craigslist scams before. It's always risky when you put yourself out there because everybody has access to it, even the scammers. You never really know who you're dealing with. So you just have to be very careful. In this particular situation, though, there was nothing you could have done because you weren't the person that was talking to the scammer. It was Jesse, your gardener, who had no reason to be suspicious until that cashier's check turned out to be no good. Interesting, interesting story, Patty, and I thought it was worth sharing. And No, uh, I'm so glad that Sarah came on to share this story. Well, anyway, I do want to thank Sarah very much for coming on the show and sharing her information with us. And I think I advise Sarah to contact the FBI. For those of you who remember, the, the website for the FBI is www.ic3.gov, G-O-V, ic3.gov, and that is a good place to report any kind of fraud because they do keep track of all the frauds that get reported, and as I think I explained to Sarah, once they get enough information and they get similar phone numbers, similar addresses, similar names they can put together a task force and actually go after some of these folks, and they do. And another good place to report is the Federal Trade Commission, which is a very easy website. It's ftc.gov, ftc.gov, and they do similar kinds of work. They will go after fraudsters if they get enough information to track these people down. I just was in a webinar that was run by the woman who is in charge of the Federal Trade Commission for the L.A. office, and she's the point of contact for Ventura, Santa Barbara, San Luis Obispo County, and she demonstrated to us their new portal for reporting fraud at FTC, and it's really cool, and it's really easy to use. So if you go to ftc.gov and go to complaints, you will get into this portal It's actually reportfraud.ftc.gov, reportfraud.ftc.gov. It's a very easy way to report, and it's another way to gather for governmental agencies who can do something to gather information about these different frauds that are happening in our community and hopefully put together a task force where they can go after these people. And Patty, that actually brings me to the good news that I have for our listeners today. (laughs) We always love good news. Sarah, stay tuned. There's some good news coming. (laughs) (laughs) So, So here it is, and I don't think I've shared this before, but it's worth sharing again if I have. I actually just got this bulletin about a week ago, and here's the headline, FTC Cases Returned. $483 million to people in 2020. So it goes on to report that 1.7 million people nationwide and in 64 countries received payments totaling $483 million because of the FTC's enforcement actions. 
So they really do go after these scammers. They really do get results. And in some cases, they are able to get a lot of money. So it's worth reporting because if you do, then your name is on the list. And if you're owed money, they will contact you and and you will hopefully get some money back. So that's what I've got for today, Patty. Oh, that's very good news. news. You know, it seems like we're getting more and more good news. For a while, it seemed like there was just no way we were going to catch the scammers. But it does seem to be happening more and more that they're having some punishment or retribution that they have to do. So that's good. It is. It is good. Well, I want to thank Sarah again for coming on the show today. Sarah, it was great to have you. Thank you for joining in and sharing your story. You're welcome. Thank you, Sarah. And please stay tuned for another episode of Scab Squad next week. Bye-bye now. Bye, Patty.